Hey, this is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Aerialist podcast, now with the Digitant family of podcasts. How's it going, guys? I hope you're having a wonderful day. Before we get started, check the show notes. I have so much um, for you guys with Wrap Your Head Around Silks, um, some holiday sales coming up. Also putting together what will be teacher training silks level one. I'm going to try out a fully online version this spring. So I ears peeled for that. And then always roll it out, which is our 60-minute virtual live body rolling class. We focus on the aerial muscles, etc. Now that I'm doing it, I don't know what I did before. I do it two times a week, Sunday night and Tuesday night. So excited to have you guys there and just check out the free stuff I have on my website. There's tons of stuff there for you. All right. Today we have Brandy Morrow. Um, she is, like many of us, she characterizes her labor as traumatic. She was induced at 37 weeks due to cholestasis, which she tells uh, better than I do. And she was in labor for five days before receiving her epidural. And that was with Pitocin. So she was being induced and she wasn't, she wasn't moving along that quickly. Um, and then after the birth, she suffered from PPD, which led to some suicidal ideation. Um, this is your trigger warning for that. If, uh, if that is, if you're sensitive to these topics, um, and she credits Pilates and her practice and her community for helping her out of that time. We also talk about her hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. All right, my friends, um, this is an amazing interview. Brandy, I appreciate you so much for, for talking about it. And um, yeah, let's get, let's get to know Brandy. Let's get started. Brandy, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I, I perused your Instagram really quick before we got on, and I see that you were one of the... One of the um, Ladies that did the silks at Cirque de la Mer. Yes. <laughs> so you are like the third now person who's on this podcast who did that exact role. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> because um, Sarah Mosky and then, oh my God, why am I blanking on the name? Really recently, like a couple weeks ago, somebody else who had done that. Oh, fun. She's now, oh Vasquez. Lizana Vasquez. Oh, okay. I don't know yeah. that I performed with her, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe a different year. Um, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it was a fun show. I'm sad it's gone. <laughs> Did you have to swim in the bay to get to your point? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I, yeah. I I hear that story, and I I I, I would have drowned. I would have literally <laughs> not made it to the aerial portion of the performance. Brandy, welcome to the Expecting Aerialist. Thank you for having me. Of course, introduce yourself um, a little bit. My my beans in the back. She's talking to herself. Awesome. It's just the way it is over here. It's all good. Uh, my son's downstairs. My husband's here though, but he might pop in. So who knows? <laughs> if you'd introduce yourself, uh, where where you live, your practice, uh, your family, and then I'll just jump in. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Brandy Morrow. Uh, I currently live in Norfolk, Virginia, um, and I uh, have been an aerialist for over 10 years now. Uh, I just started my own business, uh, Aerial Spirit, uh, last year, teaching um, 
mostly youth, uh, aerial arts, circus arts. Uh, I do teach some adults. Um, yeah, and my family, I have a five-year-old son. Um, and then my husband, James Morrow, he's a professor of dance at Old Dominion University. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's us. Norfolk, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Is that where you were, you were, uh, where you grew up? No, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. What brings you guys to Norfolk? Is it your husband's job? Yeah, mostly. We met in Jacksonville, um, while I was back home. Um, and then when shortly after we met, he got a job up in Massachusetts and I decided to move up there with him, which I am not a cold weather girl at all. So I was like, you know, I love you. (laughs) You're bringing me up to this cold weather. So we did that for six years. He bounced around between uh, different schools and universities. And then Finally, after having our son, I was like, I can't do the winters with a newborn. Like, please get us out of here. So so he got a job in Norfolk, which is kind of in between the two. It's nice because we can experience seasons, but the winters are not as bad as up in Massachusetts. (laughs) And um, where do you train there in Norfolk? Uh. There is uh, a new studio that I partnered with um, in Norfolk, Virginia, in like the historical railroad area called Railroad Aerial Arts. And we've teamed up and she's doing the adult side and I'm doing the youth side. Okay, so you guys went in at the same time and opened a brand new place? No, she just opened up this fall. Um, I had been bouncing around between places and um, luckily through the university, there was a old stables theater that they had put up rigging. And I guess there was uh, a woman before we moved here that who had taught aerial arts to the theater and dance students. So there was already rigging in there. So I, they let me train there for a while. And then I have taught a special topics, one credit hour class to the theater and dance students. I did that last spring. But they're condemning oh, that this. building now. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Yeah. But it was it was <laughs> nice that, um, you know, it was available to me when we first moved here because there wasn't much when I first moved here. I moved here in 2018. Um, there was one aerial studio, but um, my son was like four months old and I just wasn't really ready. It was a far drive and um, I actually got into Pilates became Pilates certified. I did that for a while. And then when my body was back and I just, I kind of felt ready. I went through a lot of like postpartum depression and anxiety. And I was like, you know what, it's time. And it's time for me to start my own thing because I've been talking about it for so long and I'm just going to do it. <laughs> um, tell me about that uh, PPD. Yeah, so I think my whole life I've suffered from um, depression and anxiety, and I think I'm um, a little bit maybe on the spectrum or uh, ADHD, um, undiagnosed, and just have created my own strategies <laughs> to, to uh, survive in this life. Um, but yeah, after I had my son, it was real bad. Um, especially moving to a new place too, like and not knowing anybody, we didn't have family around. I just felt really isolated. Um, We were trying to live the lifestyle we were living before, which was very much like gypsy lifestyle, like 
I was here, Jim was there, like we were, you know, performing artists just like off in different places in the country or internationally. And so my, my husband was kind of doing that while I was at home. And I just was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, I need you here. I don't even know how military wives do it. Like, it was really hard. And, and yeah, I just like kind of when I wasn't doing the aerial and circus, which was so much of my identity, um, and didn't have the access to it, didn't feel like myself, didn't look like myself. It just really messed with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a hard journey. <laughs> What did it look like on an everyday basis? Like I, I suffered from postpartum anxiety disorder. I'm, I'm also like lifetime of anxiety treated for it and everything. Um, like for me, it would, it would turn into like mental spiraling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I would go down rabbit holes in my head that were not like, not necessarily not real, but it would be, uh like way farther than I should go. Yeah. With a thought. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I kind of recognized there was a real problem is um, even though I have like suffered from, you know, bouts of anxiety and depression, I've always been able to like bounce out of it. Or I think moving my body always helped me and was my way to cope um, or just like getting out and doing something like that dopamine fix, you know, um, but maybe because I couldn't do that, cause I had this responsibility and this other, you know, um, life form that was depending on me. Uh, I couldn't really like just jump and go and, and do something to fill my cup. Um, I started really spiraling like down these really deep depression, um, spirals and like thinking a lot of suicidal thoughts to the point where I was like planning it. And, um, and I just knew I was like, okay, this isn't this isn't me, like, because I'm normally just a really positive, I can always like, you know, oh, there's like a brighter side. And I just could hear myself in the way I would talk. And I'm like, who is this person? I don't even recognize. Wow, that's so anymore. that's so amazing that you're sharing it so openly. Um, I don't know if did, did you scare, <laughs> was it scary to you in the moment? Did you scare yourself with those thoughts? Um, n not really. Cause I was really like, I was really seriously planning it. I think when I said it out loud, I don't know if I said it to, to my husband or a friend or I don't know who, but when I said it out loud, I was like, okay, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> and how did you how did you pull yourself out of it? Um, so Pilates really helped. Uh, I had a group of um, women that were really supportive. And when I talked to them about it, like later on and tell them what I was going through, um, they were like, wow, we had no idea. Like, you know, because I guess from the outside, I was still, you know, trying to maintain and, and put the smile on my face. But, um, but yeah, just being able to move my body again in that way. And they were really supportive in that, um, like me and, and Jim, my husband, we would do this thing called the baby swap where like he would take a class and then I would take a class or they would even let Xander like crawl around and, and there's not really a lot of places like that around here. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm really grateful to them. And then they, uh, 
inspired me to get certified because um, I couldn't teach aerial anymore just because, again, there wasn't access to that. So, yeah, so I decided to teach Pilates. And then when I was teaching Pilates, I had a client who um, she does, and I'm not sure if I'm saying her job title correctly, but she does like quantum realm um, therapy, but she also was, was and is studying homeopathy. And so she, I was telling her, you know, about what I was going through, um, more so like with the anxiety, I don't think I opened up to her or maybe later I did about the suicidal thoughts. And, um, so she has me on these homeopathic remedies and, um, they've totally changed like 180 just wow yeah because I didn't want to take medicine well not that I'm opposed to medicine but I was like I want to try every avenue I can before you do pharmaceuticals before I do yeah so making sure that I have like constant movement um the remedies and then I another Pilates client recommended this life coach to me and she did a lot of work with me on um, going to my childhood, like really going mm. to things and realizing that um, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> and uh, so I tend to deplete my cup, you know, and when I became, when you become a mom, you know, like it's even more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, and yeah, I was just getting lost. And so really setting boundaries, making sure that I have self-care into my routine movement delegating delegating more to my husband um creating boundaries between just family members like friends and especially like with my business like so it's been a a long journey of like (laughs) self-help books people and different different um strategies wow I don't know if you can hear her back there. <laughs> I love it. But, but she, she's saying, Arby's, we've got the meats. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. I, <laughs> she makes me laugh so hard. She's so funny. <laughs> Three and a half, almost oh. four, almost four. She's going to be four in October. She, oh my God. And she says it like that. We've got the meats. Yeah, just like the commercial. <laughs> Oh my God. Anyways, um, she's laughing because she she knows that we're talking about her. (laughs) She's trying to get your attention. I know. Uh, Good job, Bead. She said, Good job, Mom. No. (laughs) Go team. I know. Go team. Um, Brandy, this is why I really prefer not to, because Brandy, as well as over half of my guests who I don't no previous to our conversation always like super professional and they dm me they're like how should i prepare for this <laughs> and i always like voice text them back don't do anything yeah we're gonna roll with it we're gonna go fast and loose because that is when we get like the most like authentic version of your story because um like i have no i had no idea you suffered from ppd and yeah it's uh it, I always say on this podcast, it was the hardest three months of my life, hands down, hands down, because, and, and I've been injured, I've gone through stuff, blah, 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 but it's, it was because there was an expectation in my head that I was supposed to be happy mm-hmm. and that I was supposed to be joyful because this is the 
birth of my daughter and it was like a shame element to it because mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. feel what I thought I was supposed to feel. Yeah. It's not really talked about. And I feel like there's a lot of trauma too. like, just depending some people's birth experiences, you know, go totally smoothly, but I had a pretty traumatic birth experience and I was just, um, took my son to a, I homeschool my son. So we did this homeschool meetup group yesterday and was talking to a couple of the moms who, um, one, I think her baby had to have been like 15 days old, like, just like pop, you know, she just popped her out. But we were talking about like birth experiences and I went through a midwife and a birth center thinking they were going to be more open to like, you know, um, my woo woo self, you know, and like, um, and, and they weren't. And she was telling me she did a lot of research about that, how like they're still bound to like licensure and all this stuff and how like just in general, like the medical birthing experience, like um, takes the aid, the, the woman's agency out of the equation. Um, and I just think that's so problematic. And, and I can see like a pattern talking to a lot of these moms, like, where you're not being listened to, you know, and you know, what's going on in your body, like, you've carried <laughs> this human, you know, like, and, and it's like, when you're, you feel like you're not being listened to, and you're not being heard, there's just this frustration, and, and almost like, to the point, like, from my experience, and listening to other, um, other moms, like, being bullied into certain decisions, think is so problematic and so traumatic, you know? Well, the general population is true. And then like niching down to our population, I cannot tell you how much I loathe when anyone tells me that I'm wrong about what my body feels like. Totally. (laughs) I've spent my entire life noticing everything. Because I'm, you know, we're in a movement practice. Yes. And our body is our instrument. Why wouldn't you know what every single joint and muscle fiber and fascia feels like? Yeah. You know, like we know, like for, oh my God, one of my lymph nodes, you can feel it from the outside of my body. I'm under my armpit. And I was also an anxious kid. So I don't tell, like these stories come up as I have this podcast. So (laughs) it was, it was protruding a little bit. And I swear, seventh grade, I was completely convinced that I had cancer. Wow. Because it was <laughs> I wouldn't, so... Be, yeah, because it was protruding, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I, I didn't even tell anybody. And I was so scared. And then I finally talked to my pediatrician about it. And she's like, oh, how did you feel that? I've been, I've been, like, I've been feeling that for years. <laughs> what did you just anxious. Um, she's like, I wish you had said something earlier. That's totally normal for you to feel them on the outside of your body. Sometimes, you know, it's your armpits. You have lots of lymph nodes there. Sometimes they're closer to the surface than, than other humans. I was yeah. like, oh my God. So anyways, <laughs> lesson, if you're going to have those thoughts, you should probably talk to your doctor. But, um, so, so Brandy, you say you, I had a traumatic birth experience as well. Uh, I, I think a lot of women are devastated to have that be their memory. Um, what, what was your experience and, and was it kind of like in your mind, was it like that or was it, you know, it's fine. My kid is out moving on. 
Um, no, I carried it with me for a while. Um, and, and, you know, still to this day, like in talking about it, I, I, I try to let it go. I've done a lot of like cord cutting, like, um, meditations to just, you know, let it go. It, it was what it was. It taught me something kind of thing, <clears throat> but no, I held on to it for a long time. Um, I was angry. Um, I think because number one, it didn't go the way I expected it. Um, which is a, a thing that I suffer from, like having expectations and when they don't go a certain way, like forcing it to look like that, like pivoting was a big challenge for me and still is, um, but working on it. <laughs> and, um, and again, that piece of like not feeling listened to, um, learning finally how to advocate for myself because it wasn't just me it was like this other you know person that I was fighting for I guess um and so yeah they told me at 37 weeks that I had uh cholestasis which is um you have like excessive bile acids I guess and I guess it can cause stillbirth but when I talked to some people like my best friend and like her, um, her sisters and some other, um, people I talked to said that they had it and they had completely full term pregnancies, you know, natural births was fine, but there was this like criticalness about it. Like, and I was just going in for my checkup. We had just moved. There was a lot of other trauma that had happened right before, um, too. Like we had just moved out of housing because we were living in um, in uh, university housing, and they kicked us out, and we had to like scramble to find a new place in the dead of winter. We like moved in a snowstorm um, in January. I was expecting to have them closer to February. We were still in boxes. Um, and then they told me I had to be induced like the next day. And I was like, are you shitting me? Like, I don't even have my nursery set up. Everything's in boxes. Like I'm not ready. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was that. And then I had this again, expectation that I wanted it to be natural because I wanted to have a water birth, but they told me I had to go to the hospital and I was like, well, I want to start with the most natural process. So we did like the folly catheter balloon, quite the different ones. And that was extremely painful. And then, um, and then they, they started with just the, I don't know what it was called, but it was kind of like Pitocin in my cheek. And then they gave me Pitocin. I was, and I was so hell bent on not getting that epidural. And then finally it was like five, a five day process. I was like, just give me the epidural. <laughs> so they started to induce you just, um, and then you'd go home. No, I was in the hospital the whole time. For five days? Mm-hmm. Wow. And it just wasn't progressing? Like you weren't? Mm-mm. Yeah, I just you... dilating. And I'm really surprised that they let me continue and didn't um, force me into C-section. And I think it's because I advocated for myself um, with my birth plan which I had to fight for as well <laughs> with the midwives. Cause I don't, I can't remember the exact weeks, but they were like, Oh, we don't talk about that until like 37 weeks. And I'm like, well, what if something happened? Really? 
yeah. And I was like, I want you to know my birth plan. So I like fought for me to have it. And then lo and behold, I had to be induced. So I'm glad that I had this birth plan. And I'm wondering if there's some kind of legality, if like they they have it in writing, they have to, I don't know. But Did you... I'm, happy, I'm happy that um, at least I had him vaginally. <laughs> Okay, so you didn't have a C-section. Were you working with a brand new team because you moved or were you in the same city? Uh, we were still in the same city. We were in Massachusetts. We were in Beverly. Okay. Okay, so in the five days, when did you get the epidural? I, the last day. <laughs> you were on Pitocin for four days without an epidural. <laughs> and you're walking around breathing, all that. It's all kind of a blur. I mean, there is like a video and I don't remember which day it was of my husband trying to make me laugh. And we were walking around and he was like sliding on the (laughs) the hospital floor, which later we're like, that probably wasn't a good idea. Um, But I do remember a lot of it. Like they did have a bathtub and I was in the bath a lot. I was doing my, um, cause I went through hypnobirthing. I was going through my hypnobirthing meditations and I just remember there being a lot of pain. And then finally, I was like, I can't anymore. And then when I had the epidurals, finally, I think when my body could relax and I did um, start to dilate, but I, I, my legs were numb. <laughs> so yeah. I couldn't feel them. And I advocated for myself to be in a squat position because I had done some birth training saying that that's the most natural position. Um, and it felt the best for me. So, uh, rolling over from like laying down to squatting was kind of tough because my legs were kind of numb, but I gave myself, and I don't know if this is TMI, TMI I'm sorry, but like, I no, gave there's myself, no TMI on this podcast. I gave Zero. pretty horrible hemorrhoids because I was pushing against the contractions uh. really feel them. Um, and that was a whole other like ugh, traumatic healing experience after having okay that. yeah let's ask that what's the pelvic floor experience like after postpartum then um yeah I mean it was gone <laughs> I had no pelvic floor abs anymore and then yeah I had I had ripped a little bit so there was the what is it a a piece a piece oh god I can't remember that yeah Pisiotomy. I had that. um mm-hmm. and the, did you were you a lot of us aerialists, were you too tight in your pelvic floor? Did you go through all that like probably work previous to it? Cause I didn't No, No, I didn't really. Did I learn about it beforehand? I think I had, but I, it just wasn't really registering. And I took, um, I listened to, uh, a webinar from Emily Sherb. She had a woman talking about pelvic floor mm. and talking about how circus artists tend to be, um, hypotonic yeah Yeah. hypertonic there you go um so later I'm like ah that makes sense because you know you're always taught to brace and even in my um you know when I was doing my kegels I was thinking more of like the tensing than the relaxing so yeah Yeah, and then my meanwhile all of us need to relax yes I mean I had what I and I was prone to UTIs anyway but then into my 30s I would just get them every single time I had sex and or I thought. And then later I found out that my pelvic floor had just become so tight that it felt like a UTI after oh. the abrasion of sex. I never thought of that. 
Yeah. So like I had UTI symptoms, but I didn't have any bacteria that was actually in there. I completely decimated my, my gut biome with antibiotics because I took them too often. Mm. And, um, then later learned this. And then now when I do my pelvic floor exercises, because I'm, I'm, I'm contracting my pelvic floor automatically all the time when I'm doing my inversions and stuff. Right. So all of my pelvic floor work on the floor now is relaxation. Relax. Mm -hmm. And relaxing that trampoline downwards Mm -hmm. and like really focusing on it. And I have not had any UTI symptoms since I just started working on it. Wow. Where did you find that information from? Uh, Honestly, everything I've learned is from interviewing people. Oh, okay. I've, I've learned so much. I'll tell you something else that I learned. Uh, who told me that I should get my hormones tested? Because basically she had an experience where she had some symptoms coming up and she ended up being deficient for a mineral. Mm-hmm. And she got tested for things and it, she supplements that mineral and her, everything's back to normal. So I was like, you know... I wonder if I'm getting perimenopause. And so I go to my doctor recently. Um, I've been talking about this on the podcast. So here's the update, guys. Uh, it's, it's what day is it? I'm not sure what day is it. Anyways. Thursday, the 21st. So <laughs> something, like, something like that recording this. And I went to my OBGYN. And she's this like very like, uh, what, Kurt, very like, um, when you're short, like, uh, blunt, blunt, (laughs) blunt. She's a very blunt woman. And sometimes I don't think she's the right doctor for me. And then I, she says something so real to me that I end up staying. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't fuck around. And she's this, you know, 50 some year old Korean woman. And so, but you know, I, I don't know if you experienced this, bless you. I'm fit, more fit than the average population. Actually, let me back up. I went to my primary care doctor, who is also a 50-some-year-old Asian woman. I always have Asian women. I, I, I don't know why. That's who I gravitate toward. And I, and I told her that I wanted to get my hormones tested because I thought maybe I was um, – some stuff is changing, and I, I think I'm going through perimenopause. And she's like, well, go to your OBGYN for that. But Carrie, you're just getting older. <laughs> and I was like, that's my point. That's actually the point. My theory is that these two women are in the generation above me, or maybe they're late gen, like early Gen Xers, and I'm a late Gen Xer. That like women were just programmed to like get older in silence. Mm. Just suck it up. I think <laughs> suck it up. They're in that generation, and mm-hmm. therefore they are saying to me, "Suck it up." Mm-hmm. And so I went to my OBGYN. And I just got my IUD put in. I was like, by the way, I want to get my hormones tested because I'm starting to have symptoms. And she asked me what my symptoms are. And one of, uh, I, I tell her like, I'm hot all the time. She's like, is it a hot flash or are you just running hot? I was like, I don't know, but I'm hot. I'm like the temperature of the sun. And like, it wasn't this way before the bean, before I mm-hmm. got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then also, cause I'm, I, I, I'm 46 this year. And wow. And, um, <laughs> I, know. I get carded at the grocery store, people. <laughs> I'm I'm winning. That's it's the it's the it's the Chinese thing, and it's also because I'm pretty immature. 
It seems like a young. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a young soul. So then my, my OBGYN, she's like, well, if you're getting a little belly fat, then that, you know, you had a kid, all women look like that. And she's looking at me and I look fit. Right. So she's like, I don't know, Carrie. And I was like, look, in the past when I've gained weight, it has gone to everywhere boobs, belly, hips, butt, everywhere. Now it's one's place. Everywhere else looks like I do 50 half pull-ups a day, which is what I do. (laughs) Like I work out a lot, right? And so the next time I went, I was like, and I was told like, say that you have perimenopause or that you think you do. Again, when we're 70, somebody else, Carolyn Griggs said, um, if you're 70-ish and they won't give you a a heart heart check, just feign feign, um, chest pain. Like just go and say that you have chest pain. So you'll get an echocardiogram because otherwise they're not going to do any preventative medicine on you. So anyways, (laughs) our healthcare system is crap. No, basically, but you don't have to prove it. How are you going to prove that you had had chest pain? They have to test you for that, which is what you're asking for. Right. So I go in, I use the word perimetopause and therefore she's like, okay, fine. So I, I, we just got our test results back. My FSH levels are abnormal. Mm, What's FSH? FSH is, is, is a hormone they test to find out your um, fertility uh, level. Okay. So it's something that you test if you want to get pregnant. Okay. It, for example, and so then I'm going in in two weeks, and we're going to talk about hormone replacement therapy because... It's contributing to the symptoms? Well, hormone replacement... So basically, like, having an an abnormal FSH or one of the other hormones means that you're lacking in a hormone, mm. probably estrogen. Mm. And it can give you like an over-the-counter or you can homeopathic. There's homeopathic ways. Mm. But like you have to know what your imbalance is and then you mm. treat it. So her saying to me, we are going to go back to you in a second. I swear, Brandy. Oh, no. I, was just- I get on my tangents. No, you're good. I was going to ask if they did blood work. Was it blood work? Yes. Oh, okay. It's just blood. It's, it's a tube of blood. One tube of blood for five different tests. And, um, to, to check if you're in perimenopause or menopause and, um, found out, I thought it was going to cost me like a thousand dollars. It cost me like 115 with my insurance. My insurance is not great by the way. Um, and, uh, so when, so when the doctor's saying you are getting older, does that mean in their minds is that yes, you're probably going to perimenopause, but we don't care. I don't know what that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, they're just being lazy, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe they just don't know, or maybe they truly believe that. So, yeah, there's a, a practice here in Virginia Beach called Reboot, Reboot. And they're like, and I I feel like they're becoming more popular. It's like a functional healthcare place. And ah. so to even start to be, uh, well, the initial visit, you have to get a full blood panel. And they take insurance now, which is awesome. I think before they they weren't. It was just like you pay out of pocket. And so I got a full blood panel and found out that I was super deficient in many things. My estrogen progesterone balance was off. I had too much estrogen. Magnesium was low. I found out um, I have an autoimmune disease. Well, I think it's the beginning. I think if I were to go to any other doctor, they wouldn't have diagnosed me, but because they're really, um, conservative at this place, um, they got me started on, uh, 
um, treatment plan to help with, uh, it's called Hashimoto's. Uh, it's a, Oh yeah. I've heard it. Can you talk about what that is for the listeners? It's hypothyroid. Um, yeah. Okay. Also, so not just that, but you create an enzyme or maybe a hormone. I don't quite, um, I might be getting the verbiage wrong, but that attacks your thyroid. So that's why it's an autoimmune because basically you're producing something like your body that's attacking yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I, I've, I felt these symptoms my whole life, except for a few, like, um, so I'm always cold. I always have cold hands and that's a symptom of hypothyroidism. Um, what else? Mood, mood swings, you know, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, well maybe that was contributing to some of the like big mood things I was feeling like my whole life. And then even more so after having my son, because your hormones and your levels are all crazy anyway. Um, and then, uh, hair loss. I don't really experience that. There's some other ones, weight gain. I have experienced some weight gain. Um, but I think because, you know, we're like, we're such movers, you know, maybe it doesn't Mm -hmm. self as much as someone who wasn't a mover, but I can tell, you know, when I'm not moving and, you know, like four or five pounds, like is heavy, especially when you're carrying yourself in the air, (laughs) you know? Um, but she got me on a lot of different supplements and even, um, changing my diet. Like, uh, so increasing iodine in my diet, I was low in selenium. So she told me to eat like a Brazil nut a day and that will fulfill your selenium. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Yeah. And a lot of these things like contribute to the hypothyroid or the thyroid dysfunction. So I think magnesium was one of them. Iodine is one of them. Yeah. So just, it was interesting. I was like, huh, I wonder how long this has been happening. And yeah. So I, and I definitely have felt like since I've changed my diet and I'm on a complete anti-inflammatory diet. So no gluten, no dairy, um, reduced sugar. Um, I started a a meal prep service, which made it way easier. (laughs) Um, and I just, I feel like just eat, you know what I mean? Like before I was like up, down, up, down, you know, and really, Mm. and now like for the most part, I mean, I still have my days, but I just feel a little bit more like, you know, and I, I don't know, I can't find the word, but like even playing field, you know, like I'm chill. (laughs) I can. Yeah. I mean, I, I even feel like I should go get a full panel because the other woman I talked to, she was deficient in zinc and it was like messing her up in ways that no one, no other doctor could really like you know what I'm saying? Because they don't, Yeah. if we don't know these things, how are we supposed to treat it? That The other thing is, the reason why I wanted my doctor just to order the damn panel is because if it was normal, I would probably get a thyroid panel next because I knew something was shifting with my body. Yeah. We, we know, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, is that diet difficult for you when it comes to maybe, so you, so you started a meal planning, meaning you order a meal planning, like it comes yeah. to you? So I started with HelloFresh, <clears throat> okay, which was awesome. Um, it made me feel like a chef, <laughs> but ha, they, I love it. They didn't have as many dietary restrictions. With, okay, they had you could be like pescata- like uh, do pescatarian, vegetarian kind of thing. But and then I switched to um, Hungry Root because they do more specific. Um, they have you fill out like a whole quiz. Um, <clears throat> so they do. Yeah, dairy-free, egg-free, complete vegan, 
my husband's allergic to eggs, so I have that in there. And the meals are pretty good. Uh, I actually got even more lazy, and I hired somebody once a week to meal prep <laughs> for me. Um, she's actually my neighbor, so when the box comes, I she picks it up or I bring it over there, and she like preps the meals and puts them in little. Hungry Root, is it the same thing as HelloFresh where you actually do the cooking yourself, or is it just like in the box you open it, you heat it up? A little bit of both. They have some things that are. Like, for example, um, they have these rice bags that are kind of, they remind me of like the Uncle Ben's, you know, where you just- Okay, yeah. So they have some things like that. And then they have other things where you have to like cook it and stuff. Not a whole lot of chopping like HelloFresh. Like HelloFresh is, that's what I said. I felt like a chef because you were chopping, you were mixing. Um, This, some things are already like pre-prepared for you but there's still a cooking element to it to the point and I do not like cooking it's like not my zone of um what is it uh, genius or even excellence <laughs> like I'm competent at it I can do it but I so that's the other piece of um you know this whole self-care thing is learning when to delegate and buying my time back and that's really helped so yeah hiring this neighbor to cook for me and I have like my little Tupperware when I come home from a long day teaching I don't feel like cooking my husband you know doesn't really I mean he will but it's just it's been a lifesaver we've only done that for the past week but yeah okay yeah so I'm I'm assuming like if you're gonna be on a diet like that that would be you know just have food cooked and ready to warm up when you get home I mean that's amazing yeah and it's all really good food all really good sure. and I just you feel better and I I was worried about it because I was like oh how are we gonna pay for this it's this right. so luxurious you know when you think of people who have like meal prep service and chefs you're just like oh they're living the life but honestly it saved us money because I was going to the grocery store like either hungry just buying a bunch right. of food, you know and then I don't right. have things and I'm like I just went to the grocery store how is there nothing to eat Right, because you bought like condiments and like a some raw chicken or whatever, and then it goes bad, and then yeah. the avocados you have go bad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's less food wasted. Um, yeah, and I just I feel like it's been way more efficient. I think for some people, it it would actually make a lot of sense. I want to wrap today by asking you about your practice. Um, Tell me about how your body feels in the air, um, what it was like to get your your pelvic floor slash core um, back to where it was like functioning again. Body feels pretty good. Uh, I found out I have a tear in my labrum. Um, <laughs> but when I was talking to my, my physical therapist, this one that I found is really great. He was a baseball player, so he like gets overhead stuff. And he's like, you know, just because you have a tear doesn't mean it's like the end all be all. And he told me about this study of these baseball players who like had their whole career, you know, weren't experiencing any symptoms, had MRIs and they had a bunch of tears. He's like, so you could have tears in your right side. You're just not feeling symptoms. Um, But currently everything feels great. I don't train as much or as hard as I used to like before baby, but honestly, like I don't need to, like, I feel like I found a system for me to be efficient and to like do me. Um, I'm really uh, getting in this mindset of like, 
I don't have to do all the crazy, like trending things that everyone's doing to feel validated um, and really honing in on like me and my style and my authentic movement. Um, so that's been really empowering. Um, and I mean, I can't say enough about Pilates, Pilates, like I'm so grateful for finding it when I did. Um, and I think I wouldn't have found it if it, if I wasn't in the situation I was in where there was no access to Ariel. So it's like, it really like happened for a reason because it made me really use my core where I feel like even before, before I had Xander, I was overusing hip flexors, overusing, mm. you know what I mean? Like thinking I yeah. had strong core, but really I didn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do. I feel, I feel strong. I feel good. What does that look like? Um, how many days a week are you getting on an apparatus? Well, I teach about, and I know teaching is different than training. So I teach about like four days a week. Uh, one of those days I really try, um, to like get up and do, you know, like a a flow, you know, put on a song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do private trainings actually with Sarah Romanowski. (laughs) I try to do that. Oh, really? Oh, you know, it's such a small world we have here. (laughs) Yeah. So we're actually going to meet this Sunday. It's been a while. We were traveling over the summer. So, um, virtually. uh, Yes. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Say hi to Brandy. Hi. Brandy, let's see. Here's the girl. She always knows when I'm almost done. Yes. Yeah, huh? You did so good. Yes. You can you did. say, hey, come here, come here, come here. Um, <laughs> Brandy, how old are you? I'm, I'll be 41 this year. Oh, my God. The big 4-0 and the 41. Okay. Ready? Ready, Bean? Can you say, Arby's, we've got the mates. Arby's, got No, no, no. Say it loud. Arby's, we got the meat. (laughs) (laughs) I love how she has, like, the end of the word meats. Yes. Down. You've got that comedic timing for sure. (laughs) Awesome. She's a cutie. (laughs) She's the best. You know, um, teaching saves my training because, like, yes, it's not the same. But I'm like getting, I'm, I'm getting the conditioning in at least, school. you know? Yeah. I'm going to school soon. You're going to school soon. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. You are. Are you excited? Are you excited to go to school soon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, we have the best time. Look at this being. Kiss mama. Kiss mama. Kiss mama. Oh. Um, <laughs> Brandy, it was great to meet you. We have friends in common, I my see. Ma- yeah. My papa gets grossed out. Your papa gets grossed out. Oh. <laughs> Your papa gets grossed out with toots. Oh. This is, that's the difference between me and my partner. He doesn't think farts are funny, but mama thinks farts are funny. Right? <laughs> farts are definitely funny. You know the difference, Brandy. I know the difference. <laughs> oh, my God. You're the best. Okay. Brandy. It was a joy. Thanks for coming on. Yes. I love this. Thanks for having me. Brandy, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your story. I know that it helps women out there who might be going through the same, the same. And um, it's not easy. Sometimes it can be the loneliest time of your life. So 
Uh, I appreciate you. You also came up in a conversation that I had this morning, well, kind of, video chat with Sarah Manofsky. She's like, yeah, I, I teach Brandy, and she was talking about the podcast and how... So we talked about you today, and um, yeah, I, I love that you shared your story. Really appreciate it. All right, my friends, things to look out for. Um, I'm going to have a little holiday sale from some of the stuff from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. Uh, teacher training... Silks Level 1 for 2024, uh, I'm going to try an online-only version. Uh, I did the hybrid version this year, and I just want just to see, um, see how it might benefit people who can't fly here. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. If you would honor me with a five-star rating and a review it means so much uh if you want to hear the sound of my voice even more greener grass with kelly mcveigh we talk about a lot of different topics and we try to make those guests and topics and geographic you know all that diverse check out digital podcasts digit uh, health and wellness group lots of great resources there as well okay guys have a great week over now this is carrie from wrap your head around silks this is expecting your eyes